Our scripture reading today is from John 14, 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Will you join <clears throat> excuse me will you join with me in prayer O Lord may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you our rock and our redeemer amen Growing up one of my favorite comedy groups to watch and I still <clears throat> excuse me sorry uh, need a need a glass of water <clears throat> I should just have one up here all the time. <clears throat> Allergies in this season are, uh, are difficult, and this is not part of the sermon, but I appreciate your, your patience with me. Thank you, Betty. So, where, where was I? <laughs> Growing up, one of my favorite comedy groups to watch, and I really enjoy it still, is Monty Python. And that felt like a little bit of a skit from Monty Python right there. It wasn't planned, but you know what? It works out. Um, if you haven't seen Monty Python and the Life of Brian, uh, well, if you're easily offended by sacrilegious humor, I don't recommend it. But I think it's rather worth the watch. Not ruining anything, but at the end, just about everyone is crucified. And while hanging on the cross, 
they sing, always look on the bright side of life. Diddy, 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 diddy. Always look on the bright side of life. When life's gone jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten to jump and dance and laugh and sing. And towards the end of that, always look on the bright side of death. Well, you get the idea. And if you want to listen to the whole song, um, I think you might enjoy it. Of course, they don't really get into the ins and outs of community after Brian's life, but I imagine that would have been an interesting movie as well. Uh, regardless, the song kind of sums up the whole of it, that life and death are jokes to the comedy troupe. And I have to agree that if you can't find any humor in either life or death, well, you're, you're probably missing out. <laughs> I will say, though, that what's not funny or fun is trying to figure out what to do with loved one's items once they've died, um, especially if they have not left a will. I don't know how many of you have gone through that situation, but it's, it's tough right? Wills also provide one last opportunity to say goodbye to one's loved ones and communicate important things to them. The important thing that we're, uh, we're focusing on for today is that this faithful community will continue to do the work of Jesus in the world. I think even those of us who grew up in pretty progressive faith communities have some deconstructing to do. Part of my deconstructing is looking at the songs that I both liked and didn't like and coming to terms with them in one way or another. One of those songs, which decidedly did not come from Monty Python, uh, for me was Big House uh, from the early 90s by Audio Adrenaline. I don't know if you're familiar with Audio Adrenaline or Big House, um, but... Um, uh, one of the things I appreciate, appreciate about Big Big House is that it gets to the heart and soul of this part of the farewell discourse by Jesus. Um, understand that this scripture is coming before the death of Christ. Jesus is essentially giving his disciples his last will and testament. While the words that Jesus says are, no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus also said that there are many rooms in the Father's house. Uh, that it is expansive, that you don't have to believe X, Y, or Z to get into the Father's house. Just like Big Big House describes, there is a lot of room and the potential for fun and relaxation there. Uh, those words, no one comes to the Father except through me, uh, need to be heard in the context of people saying that Jesus had no special relationship with God. Um, so it was against that. It was not intended to be exclusionary, but rather particular. Jesus is giving his followers very particular encouragement that they are not wrong to follow his capital W way, even after death. Of course, that's not the way that we have often heard it. We have often heard the story from a dominionist perspective, that the only way to be in a relationship with God is 
through Jesus, and that because of that, we should have laws and governance that support Christianity to the exclusion of and often to the harm of non-Christians. To be even more clear, uh, that it should benefit certain Christians over others. No, this is not intended to persecute or harm non-Christians, and to let it be used as such, to be, let it be used in that dominionist manner is against the teachings, the life, and the work of Christ. John Wesley, uh, in his sermon 125 on living without God, said that God sees past people's understandings of the divine, including atheists, and is able to see the actions and disposition of their hearts that conform to the righteousness, even if they profess otherwise. Um, I agree strongly with John Wesley in this, and I think that if we're at all concerned about the fate of our loved ones who do not believe like we do, perhaps we should think of this. You may ask, why do I believe that it's harmful uh, to believe that this is exclusionary? And let me explain. If we believe that it's exclusionary, then it may get in the way of our seeing the image of God in those who do not believe or do not believe like we do. This leads to dehumanizing them, which leads to all sorts of problems. Our focus, however, should be how to do greater work than Jesus. So what kind of work did Jesus do? Well, he turned water into wine. He helped the lame to walk and the blind to see. He fed the 5,000. He raised the dead to life. You may ask, Pastor Ari, those sound like mythical things or difficult things to believe in or even, sure, Jesus can do those things. But what can we do? After all, I don't know about you, but I can't turn water into wine, right? Well, Jesus turned water into wine. So my question is, when are there times in your life that you can take the ordinary and turn it into the extraordinary? How can you help make the party go on just a little bit longer and encourage people to drink in the wonder of life. Perhaps it might not seem like a miracle to you, but there are times when those are miracles for others. Jesus helped the lame to walk and the blind to see. So my question is, how can we look to the deep need of the impaired community? Listen to what they need and help them achieve it. How can we make our worship environment and fellowship more accessible to those with physical and mental challenges? What new vision do we need? Perhaps not physical vision, but a way of seeing the world. Jesus fed 5,000 people. 
How can we encourage others to share what they have so that all can have enough? How can we turn the few crumbs we might have into a feast that everyone can share in? What is a way of addressing the food deserts in Portland and other communities? Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. In what ways can we breathe new life back into not just our community, but everyone here and those who are not here? How can we give encouragement to those who are in the darkest points of depression? What can we do to bring new life? This is the great work of Christ. In the words of St. Francis, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. We should never expect that when we do things, we will get things. But Jesus has said that when we ask, Jesus will do it. So let's be open to a creative spirit that when we ask, Jesus will answer. Right now, we are in an important time in the life of our congregation. We have less financial support than we need. So I'm going to ask you all to ask God for the support that we need and be open to whatever might be tickling at the back of your brain of ways that we can get that needed support. I admit it feels weird to mention this, but it also is very real and very needed. In our life as a congregation, if we wish to continue as a congregation, that is what we need to do. Perhaps one of the ways of doing the great work that Jesus has called us to will also be ways of bringing about that needed financial support that we seek. Be open to this work and be open to where you think God may be calling us. Amen.